0: Goldman, you're listening to the rockin chicago show and each episode i connect with musicians artists and industry people who are involved with chicago's underground and independent music scene the show is really a conversation about our creative processes our hopes our dreams and experiences recovering as we all navigate through the challenges brought on by the pandemic and moving forward to a new day where we can create and perform music in and around our fair city our guest for this episode is Matt Durda from the folk rock group, Matt Durda and the High watts uh, We're going to talk about what they've been up to uh, during the pandemic and recently. Um, they just put out a new single called Moonshine, and we're going to get to hear that a little bit later in the episode tonight. And then we'll kind of talk about Matt's background and uh, what he's also doing outside of that, um, He's put together sort of an online virtual festival um, with a number of bands around uh, the continent, I guess you could say, um, or the region, um, that uh, are participating in sort of an online streaming concert thing called Dirtafest. so we'll hear more about that. And then Matt's kind of use of social media uh, as a way to sort of keep in touch with his fan base and also help grow it, um, something that is elusive to many musicians and also just kind of a pain, um, but Matt has um, some really interesting insights and experiences with that, we'll, we'll dive into that. And then talk about uh, kind of Matt's background in the world of improv and also with um, his involvement with the scene of some of his other projects. So, uh, we're going to kick things off here, uh, and, uh, get to talking about, um, the new single that, uh, Matt has put out. My, my first question really is with Moonshine, uh, where does your connection with Eastern Kentucky come from?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I was just actually talking about the Eastern Kentucky connection tonight with my mom. So my mom is from Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Um, and i spent summers there okay and uh i i got i got i grew up all my life listening to um like bluegrass and then mainstream country music right. and then, uh as a rebellious young child got really into like punk rock and alternative rock and um i uh i used to do improv comedy um that okay. was, that was my bag and we were on a tour in Tennessee and the guy who I, who my first like improv mentor was this guy, Joey, Joey green. And I met him in Dayton, Ohio, and we were doing an improv tour and he, he would, he would make fun of the music I listened to. Cause it was like Bush. <laughs> all right. right. <laughs> and, uh, uh 90s Pearl all Jam, rock. right. Yeah. 90s all, 90s all rock, rock. Yep. which he, he went to high school in the eighties. So yep. it was just like, psh, that was all based off of my stuff. Like that right. kind had- Yeah. Generational humor. Yeah, Exactly. But I learned a a ton of great music from him. So it was like the replacements, the Jayhawks, Mm -hmm. you know, Husker Du, all the Minneapolis stuff. And then he played for me on that trip, Uncle Tupelo. Okay. And uh, if for people who don't know, Uncle Tupelo split off to become Wilco and Sunbolt, but it was like this marriage of country music and the like punk rock, alt rock that I um loved and it it was like oh my god it's your sound yeah yeah, it brought me back home and then immediately just started to like pick up the guitar and play different went from like power chords like open chords and doing a twangy Mm -hmm. thing and it just it worked so that's it yeah so and I grew up just like um uh listening to that stuff just in the background, not thinking much of it, but then it was like, it, it stayed with me. So I, people ask me where I'm from and I'd say, I, you know, I live all over, so I don't never know what to say, but the one constant in my life has been Kentucky.
0: So that's, it's really part of your identity then. In that sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Um, And then, you know, for me, like I, Country is like, there's the different epochs. There's the 90s sort of Garth Brooks crossover, yeah. Shania Twain stuff, which, I mean, it, it did a lot of good, I think, for that particular section of the music industry. And then, you know, but then there's the, the sort of the counter of that, the guys like probably Folks, Nico Case, that kind of yeah. stuff, that sort of alt country stuff that kind of pulls in a sense, kind of where some of your similar uh, traits as well. And yeah. then in the whole, like, there, there's just so many, like, I think a lot of people who are, are from the rock tradition or from, you know, especially from up north, um, they just don't, they, they gloss over, they don't, they don't see that, but like, um, there's just this whole, another universe, which is country music, you know? Yeah. um And, and that's just, that's just fantastic that you could, you know, pull a, a marriage of that with, you know, kind of that Minneapolis sound, which is just really hard driving, super melodic. Yeah. um definitely a punk influence and then you know kind of layer that that sort of twang and that um sense of earnestness which I think kind of connects the two genres you know yeah I was talking to a friend of mine he's a guitar player and the thing with country is there's no irony you know it's like it's earnest it's you know you, you can't be ironic if you're really a country musician it's just you're laying it all out there your heart's on your sleeve you're telling it like it is you know so right and
1: it, like the only person who pulls it off and like irony is right. um, like John, somebody like John Prine. So you have to right. be like really literate, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: exactly. You have to be paying attention to the lyrics really close. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. They're
1: earnest, but they're ironic simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Right. That that's, that's a master like philosopher slash writer
1: type. Exactly. Thing. Yeah.
0: For sure. Um so uh with the, the single now is that just sort of a standalone release or are you working on any additional material uh to go with that
1: yeah we did a um we did a a few songs that uh from that session okay um and that's just a single that we wanted to kind of get out there to the world yeah. we, we released um the single before that was Betsy Lane which is the town my grandmother grew up in, in okay. Kentucky. So there's a, there's a theme there still. <laughs> um, and then it's funny, actually today I was listening to mixes of a couple of the other songs that we have coming out and it's, it's kind of like, uh, a little bit of a different sound, but on the similar same lines, like we got a song coming out that's forever. That's a little bit more of a, you know, a folkier acoustic number. And then, um, one called life you didn't know that's going to be like a power pop okay kind of tommy keen
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah. type thing yep um so that is uh and then a few other songs too and hopefully getting in the studio again soon but yeah we'll have those that'll be part of a little ep that we'll put out here pretty soon soon as all the songs are done
0: (laughs) okay cool And then as the stuff you're working on, is there anybody you're working with like production wise, or are you kind of doing this all on your own, like independently or?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I've recorded at a few places here in Chicago. Okay. Um, I think, I think the place we started off out at is now closed actually. Um, I can't, uh, Carter recording company. They may be somewhere else outside of Chicago, but they were in an old bank. Okay. Um, I remember. And then, um, the guy mixing it is a is a, a guy in South Carolina, in Charleston, South Carolina, that I met from a work friend. who, I, Okay. <laughs> who, uh, we worked for a company based in San Francisco and okay. just started talking music. And I asked him, I was wanting to get this stuff mixed um, that I'd been sitting on for a while. And he had a buddy who did it. So he's, he's been doing most of that work. And then um, I've, I actually, for anybody in the Western burbs, yeah i'll give a shout out to uh sound summit in naperville okay. um i'm based in wheaton and yeah. um just started rehearsing there a little bit and it's a super nice awesome, facility huh yeah, yeah yeah and they do recording and i'm cool like haven't made a decision yet but like 90 sure that'll be the place where <laughs> we record yeah. next tracks yeah yeah
0: there's a certain economy that kind of goes with that because you don't have to all your stuff down or haul things there it's just kind of you know keep things pretty convenient with that yeah. whereabouts whereabouts in naperville is that I actually lived out in naperville for a bit with the high school out there so okay a, yeah
1: honestly? it's actually right downtown um, oh sweet yeah it's next it's in a it's like a um in the second floor of a storefront and it's right next to that um the mongolian barbecue place
0: oh okay right off of washington cool yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And a couple of the guys that like own it, it turns out that we had some like similar connections too. So that was kind of cool. Awesome.
0: And then, so you, your plan is to put an EP out um, once everything is kind of wrapped up with that. Um, kind of a, a sidebar conversation. Um, I think this is something is, you know, we'll talk about various sort of touch points with like sort of the pandemic and how it's kind of hit with a sort of, a creative process and putting things out but I noticed like we've kind of gone back to this thing of um or I guess you could say it's a strategy of you know the singles again you know used to be a yeah. thing back in the 50s you know like 40s and 50s they started pushing singles um and it went from you know you know 10 15 maybe 20 years ago we would do a full a full length you know you yeah. put together what what 12 well, the cd you could do 15 songs right so you had to do at least 12 to 15 songs to get something out there. And then that, that kind of economy sort of changed. Um, you know, obviously I think some of it had to do with streaming and then just the technology platform. Yeah. But then now it's, you know, then it went down to an EP and that was like the last 10 years of like, ah, I'm just going to put an EP out. And now I, I think with the pandemic, people are just doing singles. And then when you get a point, you, you kind of cut that as an EP or a collection, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you kind of react to that or do you just felt like that was like the right thing to do? Um, just from a, just a strategy standpoint of the getting the music out and keeping it like as a steady stream.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I've, I've been having to think a lot about this lately and yeah. um, like the, the music stuff, man, the, the landscape of it now is really weird. weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that, that's and, the best description. Yep.
1: Yeah. And it's crazy. Like the, the conundrum, I guess, right. is the singles. You can really keep like your streaming services pumping, and you have something to renew. Absolutely, um, it's it's great in that sense. But then, and it, it's a catch twenty two because you, realistically, you know, um, right. I, I don't know how many people discover music on Spotify. Right. Um, it the good thing is, is like, there's a great music community, especially through like social media where yeah. everybody listens to each other's music and it really helps because it, it gets the plays up and yeah. it keeps a steady stream going and you kind of, you kind of stick it to the man in a way a little bit. Yeah. Um, but also it's way like band camps, like way more effective. Like, oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's trying to make any kind of revenue or return on your investment of studio time, writing, etc. cetera. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it all has to come from Bandcamp. It's just the, the, the margins are there to actually support some of that in some extent, right?
1: Right. And I've, I've had way more success on Bandcamp with, like, albums. I'm almost wondering if, like, yeah, albums are going to make a little bit of a comeback from Bandcamp. Because it's, it's way more fun to buy, as a fan, an yeah. album on Bandcamp Friday. Uh, oh, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's way better for an artist too.
0: And, and you just feel like you're you're getting something more substantive too, as opposed to a single. Yeah, right. Which is like, all right, it's a, well, a buck usually, right? You know, you're right. Okay. And you know, you know, Bandcamp takes its cut of that. So, um, and then by the time you know, it's just, it, it's it's it feels very granular and atomic. Yeah. Um, going back to your your one point about do people discover new music on the streaming platforms? Um, This is something that without what I do, um, I've been kind of testing that out, really. And it's a pretty divided camp from what I've seen. And a lot of it is generational. Like, Yeah. People who are under the age of 40 typically use Spotify or they'll use Apple Music. Um, to kind of share things or or check things out or look for stuff you know yeah Uh, and then anybody over the net you know if they're going to do streaming they're going to go to YouTube which yeah the irony is is Google pays the least out of all of those streaming services in terms of royalties and yeah the the hundreds of a cent of a stream it pays Um, but that's kind of where the divide is Um, but I've seen so many groups like on Facebook are just dedicated to music sharing and and it's very genre organized or Mm -hmm. you know genre by subgenre there's different shades of metal or different shades of punk that do that and i mean it cuts across all generations too so i think there is an audience out there that the challenge is is to try to find those groups yep and then yeah and then it's like okay that's a time sink right because it's like all right you have to keep pushing your stuff in front of these groups to get their attention for it and you you get some fans you get some traction but yeah it's so much more work in that sense you know
1: yeah and i'll tell you the dark horse out of all that that i was not expecting is uh i found my first group of fans from twitter
2: Um, yeah
0: i was gonna ask you about that because Right. Yeah. You have a very active Twitter presence. I mean, not, Holy crap. Not just, I mean- not just you spamming people, but like people <laughs> are picking your stuff up and sharing it. And man, my hat's off to you. I, re- I respect it. I, I wish I had, it's not a time thing. It's like, I have my own musical projects. I'm doing this. And I see what, I mean, you've actually given me fans for Rocket Chicago <laughs> off of sharing a couple of things when we started talking, you know, And but man, you you do you uh, that that's that's something you know. Thanks,
1: man. I I it I never, I I guess I had some time on my hands. Um, uh, is I mean in a weird way, like we had a baby back last November. (laughs) And congratulations, right? Thank you. you. So I was just like up late at night. Yes, and I I had no joke. I think less than three hundred Twitter followers at the time. Right, right. And I used to get traction the most from like Facebook. Right. And then it and then like that kind of um, dwindled. The algorithms change and you just got to keep up with it. Yeah, and that's
0: that's it. Right.
1: I got I started to get a lot of traction on Instagram and then those algorithms change as soon as Facebook bought them. And so I was like, I haven't really ever tried too hard on Twitter. I'm just going to and I, I it clicked with me. I was like, mm. oh, yeah, nobody's caring what I do (laughs) nobody nobody cares they want to talk about themselves so I started asking like music questions exactly and then you think about it it's like uh people are volunteering information about themselves and the music they like it makes it really easy to be like oh "Oh, you're a fan of the replacements like yeah here you go (laughs) um but
0: giant test group yeah yeah
1: exactly and (laughs) Uh, yeah. The funniest, the biggest thing that has come out of that is like, I, every time I've played a show up until this point, it's like, you get your friends to come out you'll get people who like, right. know you personally. And like you or like another band you're playing with, like the yeah. people there will be like, Oh, right. it's really good. Yep, yep. Um, they might buy your stuff. But the very first time was last weekend we played at the law office in Yorkville.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: A guy and his wife traveled all the way from champaign Urbana, to see, to see our show because he discovered my music on Twitter, and that was like the biggest deal for me. That's
0: that's a payoff, man. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah.
1: And they were there was like five people there because we we played right. at like midnight. Right. But I'll tell you what. I played to those two people, right, as if it was their show, and that, that place was was packed.
0: Most important people in the room, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's been, it's been good for me. I know Twitter cannot be the greatest of places, but I. There's I a lot of down. nuance to it. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I, there's people who I see who just don't really care about, like you're saying it, it's either you get people to talk about themselves or they just post, they just post the most, whatever's on their mind or the most obnoxious thing. Yeah. And that's what people react to. You know, so there, there is that sense of like, you kind of have to have a, a, an interesting sense of humor for people to react to. And then there's that, that different sense of engagement than there is on Facebook, you know? Yeah. Facebook is more like hanging out with friends. Twitter is like the tension or study hall in high school or.
1: Right. You're, you're yeah, it funny is. Funny <laughs> jokes. You don't really know the other people
0: and they're all like snuck, snickering with you. You're like, yeah, right on, man. You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. you make
0: friends with them. Right. Yeah
1: yeah and, and facebook is like your family back at home where you gotta be like a little bit more buttoned up and behave
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and then you have to put up with some of those people too exactly yeah exactly right. yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah it, it it is a strange paradigm with social media i mean not just marketing but it's just relating to people and just building a fan base yeah it, you know um for me just like just some of my experience with the various bands i've been in it's just been um you, you, you know in the old days you you, you word of mouth was like the, yeah. the best and then of course you go you find like shows or whatever handing out flyers and all that and those days are just gone now i mean it's the the hook of to get people out the door you have to reach them through the screen you know yeah and um you know you have a, you had a really good case study there with that couple from champagne man that's awesome you know it's it, it can work it's just it's a different set of skills so
1: yeah, it's really funny too. The dichotomy of it is because, yeah. you know, there's somebody, there's another guy in Chicago, he's actually on the playlist, but I met, okay. I kind of met him through Twitter. Yeah. Um, Phil Yates. But we, okay. we talk a lot now from just having, you know, become musician buddies in Chicago. And right. he has this great saying about how, you know, we've, we've got all these fans now, but they're just not in Chicago. <laughs> So exactly it's like globally yeah. recognized locally ignored and it's like it, 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 yeah it, it's so it, it's so true because I did that, a um
0: you're big in I, Japan right yeah I, yeah yeah.
1: I, I did a, a live stream show and we yeah. it was it was part of like the dirt fest thing which we can talk about in a minute but yeah yeah I did, I did it from a brewery here in town in Wheaton and the okay. brewery is like a few hundred feet from the big outdoor pavilion. Right. And the night I was playing, and I did this whole like storyteller show. So like the stuff about Kentucky, like I was I was right. telling the stories because they're all based around like my grandfather's life. So I told the story from like beginning to end okay. and it was like an hour long show and I live streamed it and there was two people in the audience. Um, they, you know, people came and went, but like for the most part, like on average, I would say two. And so right, the, the cover band playing up at the pavilion that night just had the place packed. Yep. And so it's it's kind of funny. You're sitting there playing for two people. Meanwhile, the live stream has people in Ireland, New Zealand, Canada. Exactly. And like, I'm literally, yeah. I see my band camp, like getting yeah. pinged
0: <laughs> while yep. playing.
1: It's just like, man, yep. if people only knew.
0: Right. Yeah. The way, way to teleport yourself to those different countries, like on the cheap, though, like, okay, right. you want to you wanna hear me? I'll play in your living room. That's cool. Yeah. Me, and I kind of knew. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, there's not going to be a lot of people there. I'll no. put this out there for my friends. Was,
0: was that out of Dry City? Yes, yep. Okay, so yeah, Six Degrees of Separation. So I had Mick Dempsey on a few weeks ago. He worked there. Yeah. Um, but I think it was right after I started talking to you. And then like he saw, because I, I keep a roster up on my uh, dry erase board at my studio of who's coming in or who I'm talking to. And he's like, oh yeah, Matt Durner, that guy's cool. I, I He was just in and, you know, all the conversations is kind of... um pointed to that but um anyway uh that's kind of one thing i kind of noticed is the the venues themselves are changing
1: yeah
0: uh so the the whole concept of playing at a brewery or you know a brew pub i guess as it really properly is is kind of a new new paradigm now coming into this i mean it was kind of picking up before but i've seen more Mm -hmm. places and more so out in the suburbs where they're they're putting shows out like that is it a lot easier the barrier barrier to entry to like get like a, a show book that like a brew pub is kind of is it any easier than working through like a talent buyer at a venue
1: oh my god yes and there's so many I, they care I, too right yes i could not believe it when i moved yeah. to the suburbs yeah um how uh, like gracious they are yeah. to have you come play at their venue a there's a built-in audience too like yeah people want to go out and see cool stuff. Most of these breweries and especially dry city has really talented artists, but also like artists who play mostly original music and um, the audience is okay with that. Like they're fine. I think that's the biggest worry for a lot of venues is like people want to hear music they're familiar with. They want to dance. and It's like, well, sometimes they are okay with just, you know good music too um right. yep yep and they and that's become like the hub for i like the underbelly hours does a show there
0: yeah
1: um there's an open mic night there now it's become like our little um, beacon in the yeah. suburbs and a lot of well especially a lot of the breweries are like that too yeah right and you know you think about the some of the shows i had to play in the city where it's like you play at some of the cool venues but then it's yeah. like all right you got to sell 200 tickets and right you're cashing in all your friendships to go exactly um, play them, and then um, you right, know the, you, you you barely make
0: any money. And, and then there's a Cubs game on; everybody's watching the
1: yeah, Cubs, game. right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I, right. I figured it out too because we would play with this band all the time, and they they'd always get paired with us, and there would be nobody there, and we'd sit there and like beg all of our friends to come, absolutely, and, and build up an audience, and then like they had nobody so i remember asking like the promoter one time like why can we get paired with somebody else because like these this band never brings anybody he's like really they sell all their tickets and right. i put two and two together it's like oh so they buy their tickets and right. give you the cash and then play um, the room. Right. They yeah exactly and so it's like oh so it's pay to play i get it right yeah that
0: that's kind of one of the threads yeah just to see that coming out and then um with um sort of the the shows now like are are you like looking further out like yorkville's a little bit of a cruise i mean that's kind of at the edge of the suburbs um but i mean i've seen other cats i know out in the suburbs too like they go downstate now like they just yeah they'll they'll go out to peoria or they'll go to urbana uh you know brass rail or canopy club or you know even um i see a lot of, of people going down like the st louis too is that you know, you know in that sense too. Are you, you kind of picking up like there's this more of a focus on just trying to be more regional versus like just playing the same trope around the city and the suburbs. You know.
1: Right. Yeah. Definitely. I, I just I actually the two of the guys I played with at the law office were doing that. One yeah. of them was from yeah uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, and a band called High on Stress. Um, it's really good. And then another guy, Jeremy Porter from Detroit, and he's got a band, Jeremy Porter and the Tuco. So that's also another good thing about like having that network is yeah. they're, they're doing that thing is where they're expanding to the Midwest market um, you know, outside of their cities. But exactly, I definitely want to do that too. I've already been like, you never know how things are going to go with the pandemic. So it's kind of hard to plan. And
0: it is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. As my kids get older, I'm, it'll be a little bit easier to like, Hey, let's take a family trip for the weekend. It, it, and that's where, that's
0: where I'm at, man. My, my son is 16. And um, Oh,
1: so you got yeah. a roadie. <laughs> when, when we do have,
0: yeah. When we do have shows where he can either be at the merch booth and he, he, he tends to dig doing it too. Cause it's like, yeah oh, you know yeah right awesome. um but yeah that's the kind of that that whole trope of you know the the frank zappa sort of like taking your family on the road and it becomes a vacation where you get to play music at night
2: you yeah
0: know? that yeah. that's it, there's something really to me i mean it's i'm a little bit older i'm a family guy i don't party like i did in my 20s um <laughs> you know but like going out in the road oh yeah oh yeah you, you know yeah if it's a weekend warrior setup that's cool and the guys in my my group are are all the same kind of boat you know but the idea of like oh yeah we're gonna take a trip to St. Louis or Champaign or or Grand Rapids or whatnot and uh, dad's gonna go play music later yeah um yeah there's there's kind of something romantic about that you know and I just keep thinking about like when Zappa used to tour where he'd bring his family with him he'd have like homeschooling or tutors or whatnot and Um, You know, obviously he had the means and resources to make it like a months long thing or a weeks long thing, um, you know, or some of us don't. um, But the the spirit of that, though, um, and, and, you know, kind of the the thinking and, you know, if things calm down with the pandemic, too, of like, all right, putting your your resources into where you're going to get the most visibility in the sense of like a region. Um, and, And, you know, for me, the other the other hook with that was playing out. With my group for the first time out of out of the city and out of the state actually and we got to play to a packed room up in madison people didn't know us, yeah. you know and this is before all the stuff sort of shut down and you know things that we're dealing with now um but that the, the payoff of that you know and just uh, the you know okay it's a bit of a drive and there's logistics but like you know at the end of the night when you know maybe it's two fans, maybe it's 10 um, or those people that you, you're engaged with and they keep talking to you on social media after. Yeah. And those are those are keeper fans. They're, they're going to keep buying the albums. They really like what you're doing. They want the new shirt or if you're doing merch and it's just such a different strategy now, you know, it's, it's it's kind of I think the word things are going to be kind of going with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And especially yeah. like with the social media stuff and yeah. it's almost like the pandemic um got people together where we networked yeah time to do it right um
0: and, and so time to we, think too right yeah,
1: yeah 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 and strategize and kind of and now it's like yeah it's like if i we could probably figure something out to go to like dayton ohio exactly
0: Detroit.
1: yeah so that that's a, that's a that's a really fun part of it also speaking of dayton are you familiar with the band guided by voices oh yeah yeah. Yeah. So like, I love the story about them because he was a teacher, right? Didn't yep. really become a rock star to like 35.
0: Yeah. Late bloomer. Um, right.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, well, the, somebody was, he, he. Matt, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So, so going back, you know, talking about guided by voices.
1: Yeah, so he, um, uh, he did a bunch of studio time and um, paid the money for a studio and everything and just like didn't sell any records. People weren't coming to the shows. Meanwhile, uh, something they recorded in their basement got passed around like record shop to record shop. Um, they get invited to play a music fest up in New York City. And they're like, what? Who? Like nobody knows who we are. Yeah. And it was like a packed, sold-out show. Right. <laughs> Back in Dayton, like they're playing at the right. uh, whatever down the
0: street, right?
1: You yeah, know. nobody's there, nobody cares. Right. And yeah. of course, now everybody's like, "Oh, I was there when Guided by Voice before Guided by Voice got big." It's like, really "Oh, broke, really where are you?"
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but I love that story because I always feel like, yeah, if I leave and go play shows, like that's gonna happen. Like I might find that there's secretly yeah. people have been listening to me.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's the work of it. So um, that kind of brings me so we're talking about your the network effect that you know uh, we're kind of alluding to. Uh, what was the whole impetus with Derrrtafest? Is that kind of the sort of what you were kind of doing with kick, putting that together as sort of a yeah. kind of a, yeah. a regional or national live like a live streaming type thing?
1: Yeah, it's, it, it kind of started off half as a joke because we, we established this awesome music community on twitter and yeah yeah got some really cool bands and fans and so you know the fans are all over the place the bands are all spread out to um you know Canada and Texas and everywhere else in between and so somebody was like we need to get a music festival going and um you know everybody was kind of like yeah that'd be awesome and then uh <laughs> somebody kind of uh, was like well we got a we got to get our guy dirta It's got to be dirta fest. He's got to <laughs> put it together. <laughs> um, so I was He's thinking about, yeah. I was, so it just started being called dirta fest. People started sharing the hashtag around and I was like, I do not have the time and right. energy to put together a massive festival where all these people come in from various places. And I was like, you know what? Totally I'm cool. going to do a virtual <laughs> thing. And, um, I I actually ha- I, I kind of wanted to do this pre-pandemic, yeah. Uh, and it just worked out that now people are actually doing live streams, yeah. And <laughs> it's uh it's working. Yeah. So I, I I originally came to Chicago to do um, Second City. I like I said, right. I did improv. Yeah, yeah. So how do I how can I take like my music and that you know performing background and put together a show? So. I wanted to do something that was similar to like almost like 120 minutes or something like that. Or like a late night talk show where um, it's almost like a, um, like a variety show. Like I'll, I'll talk a little bit. I'll tell some jokes Mm -hmm. and stories and then have a guest on. We play music. Um, The first one we did was with uh, Stuart Gersman of this band Bottle Cap Mountain from Austin, Texas. And they're, Incredible. Um, so, uh, um, it w- and it went really well. We had um, uh, this guy who was just a fan, not a musician, just this guy, Jeffrey, who came up with the idea for the fest On He was a guest um, and he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, then the next one I think is gonna be with a band from Canada that I, I know called Elephants and Stars. Okay. Um, and re- that's going to be sometime in October here pretty soon. And then we're going to have, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to start building it up and trying to have as many people on as possible, especially some local Chicago sure. acts, but, um, and then paired to with like the people we've met around, there's another Canadian band trailer Hawk. I'll have them on, um, bubble made imagination from, um, Columbus, Ohio. There's this band called the negatrons in, uh, cool north dakota um so yeah we've got big plans and we're gonna hope to keep it
0: going <laughs> that's awesome man so um do you see like the whole paradigm of like doing a, a festival online in, in this kind of showcase format is kind of a, a complement to the live scene or is that more of um it's just like another channel that's kind of its own thing
1: yeah it's kind of like it's another channel at its
0: own its own yeah. thing that's a, that's um, an area I just haven't spent, spent a lot of time in a lot of it's yeah. just my own personal time I haven't like I know a lot of people have done live streaming events over the pandemic and all that I'm more out of curiosity get your,
1: yeah because I think nothing will replace the energy oh no of a live show for sure yeah but it's like the way I think about it yeah. is like this whole same thing is like I if there like fortunately there's an audience and, um, I'm hoping like the audience can bring in like the audience from online will bring them into the door for the live show. Like it did with the guy and his wife from Twitter. who came to see me. Exactly. Play. exactly. Um, and it, it gives a little bit, like, this is going to sound a little like, I don't I don't know how to phrase this into not sounding like a conceited dick, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like my personality is not necessarily going to come through so much in my music. And I'm not like, I'm not the greatest singer, or the guitar player, but right. I can put on a show. Like I, that's something I know how to do. Like, like if you come see, yes, exactly. Right. Like if I can, and it's, and that's how it's gone on Twitter is like if I can just like show that or put it forward somehow is like, that is part of it. Like that's, right. it's not just the music. It's like, I like to talk and be yeah. a you know
0: kind of a master of ceremonies or yeah and know, just central like host right
1: entertain yep. you and make you feel comfortable and right. you know ha- have you be a part of it I like when the fans are I like breaking the fourth wall yeah um, and getting through the bs of like this is a show it's like yeah we're all in this show it's right online yeah <laughs> exactly yeah that's cool so yeah that's that's kind of my philosophy on it
0: awesome uh so getting back to the idea of like kind of having a a revolving cast of uh, people you've worked with um what was kind of the inspiration with that
1: yeah uh it's kind of started off as necessity
0: (laughs) okay you just need people to play stuff right Yeah, yeah
1: yeah 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 like uh I started the band. It's it's so funny how everything came full circle because yeah. um, I got when I was getting back into music and decided to start a band. We had a band for a while in Chicago called the Disappointments. Okay, um, and the guy who started it with me was Joey from Improv. He right. had moved to St. Josephs, Michigan, and so we would go we'd go back and forth. So I'd go um, jam with him in Michigan. He'd come to Chicago. And right. then we, it was like, I mean, he's, he will drive any distance, no problem. We did a show one time at the Elbow Room on a Sunday early <laughs> evening. Yeah. He drove up from Kansas City, where he lives now.
0: Just to play the um, show.
1: Just to play the show. Got there like an hour before the gig. We played the show and he said, All right, guys, see you later. And he drove back to Kansas. <laughs> so an hour and that's, a half, two hours is no that's big deal. That's dedication
0: there, to craft right there, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. So, I started it with him and then we kind of went through like a revolving cast of um, guitar players and drummers and he was the bass player and we wrote all these songs together and like finally landed on a drummer and um, it just kind of changed over time. And um, I eventually changed, like started something new as my sound was like kind of changing to be more folk rock yeah. To Matt Durden and the High Watts And part of the reason mm-hmm. why I named it that was A, like it's so hard To come up with a band name that's not already taken Or, right. you know, by Even something that's non music related right. So nobody has My name uh, That's a musician really, so that was Key, and yeah. then um, It was also too, I didn't like doing the whole Like when i play solo, because You also end up playing a lot of acoustic gigs At breweries and coffee shops
0: Absolutely, right, right, yeah
1: so I got really tired of the um, like Matt Durda of the disappointments and trying to like explain right. that. Like, by the way, I've got a band, like um, you won't be able to find me. So uh, I figured it's like, that's a good way to be like, Oh, if it's, if it's a solo show, it's just Matt Durda. And then if it's a band, it's Matt Durda and the Watts, And exactly. then no matter what, when they go search for you on any music platform, they'll find you.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah and then also just like availability as people's schedules change it was just like i started playing with different people and it's like okay who's available for this gig let's put the band together and then it's also people don't have to commit and it's not like a weird thing of like oh
0: we're having this guy play this show it's like
1: everybody plays whenever they're around
0: so with that I'm just kind of curious like what the your creative process I mean do you have stuff kind of sketched out like with pre-production or charts or like just you know as people come in how, you know how do you work with like different people doing different things or you just kind of use references to different songs that you might be kind of inspired by or
1: yeah we have a um, we've got like a um, we've had a pretty consistent drummer which has okay. been helpful
0: yeah, that's key. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: yeah exactly. He yeah. um, uh, a lot of the people I've been playing with, fortunately, I've been playing with for a while now. So, so they already know you, then, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, like, kind of the way the process works is, I'll either have something kind of like done, and I'll 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 kind of like record it and send it to them, like do a quick little demo to a click track or something and shoot it their way to kind of let them know the um, styling and timing and um, the structure of the song. So it's a little bit easier. They have a point of reference. And then other times I'll have like a riff or half of a song and it's like, can we jam on this? Cause I need to figure this out. Right. they'll help me kind of work through that or like
0: and they can put a stamp on it then too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll have like a, a riff and it'll be like, I have no idea where this is going, but throw me a beat. Let's see what we can come up with. And it might be something totally different from what I originally planned. Um, but uh, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how it's been going for the most part.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. That's um it's just cool to have like that kind of expanded group that at least you, you have some familiarity with and, you know, people you kind of have a pre-established relationship with uh, one other thing I was curious about too. So kind of going back to, you mentioned about doing like improv and comedy, how did you get from improv to being a musician? Like what was the, the sort of the draw out of that?
1: <laughs> um, that's a very good question. Cause it, it just kept flip-flopping so i played okay I played, I played guitar first um and pretty much knew power chords and yeah. um played a lot of nirvana nirvana yeah. was my thing back in the day yeah yeah um i had to i it, i got to just my guitar playing got to be so nirvana-y that i had to stop listening to it because <laughs> it's like I it became a bit yeah yeah exactly <laughs> It became a bit. So then I started doing um, improv in high okay. school, and yeah, yeah. soon thereafter, and that kind of took more of a focus. I was really enjoying that, but okay. then at the same time, you've got this guy who's like a huge like music fan. You're doing right. improv with, so everything was still music anyway. We right. started to incorporate it in our shows. So I, I, we did this. Um, I came up with this concept of an improv show where you, it's behind the music but you improvise it. So you get like your suggestion of, you know, whatever, like the name of a band or, or something from the right. audience. Yeah. And then you kind of figure out like what their music style is, or you can ask the audience. Um, but you do like a, a three, um, a three act play based on like this, like a, a behind the scenes episode. of like, Oh, the wow. Band, band getting together. And then, um, then like right. they get, they make it big and ultimately break up. And the third act right. is like the, what, yeah. what are they up to now? Right. The yeah. Show. Okay. Um, and then in between those acts you do, you make up songs.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: so music was kind of always part of it. Okay. And then, um, I, yeah, after a while, just kept playing guitar more and more writing more songs. And I just was like, I think I want to do this. So the, <laughs>
0: the, two facets that well it's the one facet that plays to both is the, the sort of the role of the storyteller I mean mm-hmm. he's a comedian and then I was also as a, a singer songwriter musician as uh, that engagement with the audience you know entertaining if you will but also kind of that storytelling bit so I, I yeah. would imagine there's a lot of similar thought processes with that and that's it's kind of cool you're able to kind of build from that to kind of help your um music side develop as well. So yeah.
1: And the great thing about uh yeah. writing music is you can edit it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, improv. It's it, improv. Oh yeah. 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 I I come from a jazz background. So Okay. Yeah, you get it. 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 I, I know I know the sweat, man. Yeah. You're sweating the minute you walk up there and yeah, I mean even if you have it down you're still sweating you know? yeah exactly because <laughs> it all depends on how the room reads it <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's cool <laughs> very cool.
1: What's your process like with your band that you got how do you guys write music
0: um we we're, we're we've evolved over different it's different kind of paradigms with that um Some of it it comes out of just jamming um the yeah. bassist and I, I play with we we've been just jamming informally for the last 27 years um and we're, we're at a point now where there's almost like it, you know you know somebody well enough it's almost telekinetic what you're going to do yeah and so some of that's the, the reading the cues you know he, he knows what my kind of go-to phrasing is for things like for an improv section like or for jamming over a progression that's typically how it kind of starts um And then, you know, there's the other side of it, which is kind of the other part of my brain for me is like, I do things very highly composed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll come to the band with sections of things like it's almost like an orchestral piece or, you know, yeah, I guess the analog would be like, you know, the the three act play, you know, of like, there's these three parts, this is kind of how they go together. And we have to figure out the map to get these three parts to make sense with each other. But they go in this order, you know, or, or, you know or we switch it around a little bit. Um, And then we kind of work with each other's strength because I'm kind of the guy who'll come up with the the, sort of the concepts or the initial themes. And my buddy who's the bassist, Keith, um, he's really a gifted arranger. Like he could take a piece and kind of peel things away or kind of finesse things a little bit to have it make sense. You know, where I I can't think in those kind of corners. Um, You know, and then... You know with the rotating musicians we've had a number of different drummers it's almost a spinal tap trope with us <laughs> um the guy we've been with now um it, it, he's been great and he's just really like super highly energetic um and he brings like a completely different energy to the other people we played with um and so we have to kind of write to that too of like all right you don't want him to get bored you know um <laughs> So we have to, we play all instrumental music. So there's that of like, all right, we have to, you know, people see like technical music or jazz based music or, you know, um, they either want to dance or, or they want to see you bleed, you right. know, because they, they, they want to see chops, they want to see, oh, hey, he's going out in an edge with this or oh, wow, <laughs> that was, you know, or it's, you know, it's a clinic, you know, it's like, oh, he's a guitar player, they're showing up like, I, you know, got to pull something out of my ass that's going to be interesting um so there's all these different kind of precepts that kind of go along with that performance side of it with the improvisational bit um but there's always the 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 core of it has to be a good tune like yeah a lot of instrumental music you hear and it's not just now I mean it's always been a problem with instrumental music if it's not well written if there's not a hook there's not a melody it's there's no point to it I mean, right there's no if you can't walk away hum the tune, hum the, the chorus or the head or whatever or a bit you know then um, those people aren't going to buy your music online or they're not going to go and stream you or look you up or any of that. So that's that's also kind of one of our things. Um, but what we've been doing, so we, we had to kind of take off during the pandemic um just yeah we did too yeah there was just no way for us to rehearse together there's a lot of risks you know families you know some of us have are have uh, caretaker roles with people who are immunocompromised right and it's just the risk was way out way outweighed anything else for a, a few of us so we just stopped for 18 months i mean and i wrote stuff and we're getting to it but um but we we got back together a month and a half ago and um it's like, all right, let's just do some standards. Let's just go through some repertoire tunes, stuff that we played in the past, stuff we played with other lineups, you know, and let's bring some new, like just stuff we haven't written, stuff that's, you know, jazz standards or whatever we can kind of interpret. And it's been a very really healthy process because it got us to think that with different parts of our brain muscles, you know, like just kind of looking at things through a different lens um, and re-engage kind of that improvisational language too and kind of develop that again because that's kind of a cornerstone of our life so. Is being able to do that so um so just enjoying that you know and not have the pressure of oh we're gonna get an album out you know that, that's on the horizon but it's like I, I want to get the band like we're cohesive again and we're, we're kind of talking to each other musically before I start dropping pieces on them you know of like hey this is the you know we, we did an EP in 2019 and then we got been doing our fighting for a follow-up to kind of come in and now it's time to start working on it. So it's like, all right, we have to, we need to be more gelled before we start tackling this material, and also getting some inspiration. So yeah,
1: yeah, that's been a huge challenge for us too. Is um, yeah, we pre-pandemic we were like we were getting tight, yeah. um, And then it's been like getting the rust off. It's we're trying yeah. to get back there, and there's there's been a few opportunities that have come up, or like a few things that we we can. Oh yeah um do like some video and stuff like that it's yeah like ah, i want to hold off we're not we're not tight enough yet and i don't yeah. want to like right i don't want to force it yeah and that's absolutely. been that's been hard that's been really hard because i want to do some like we have never done a music video and we like i want to try to get a live performance but i also want it to be good like I want yeah we re- re- crush it
0: video i think with the pandemic has become such an important channel for um like a band's image now. Yeah. Because that that was the medium to get your stuff out there whether you were live streaming or if you were trying to put together and produce stuff. Yeah, that that's kind of table stakes now. You know, not even yeah. mention it. Like I even think about we did a show up in Rogers Park. We we just played up at a beach that was a very informal DIY show. And we got video of that too and it was it wasn't anything super polished but like just having you know a good 30 second or a couple couple minute clip of something that we could share around um that was kind of part of the the deal like all, we're going to do this show but we need content still you know just be yeah or whatever um because that that's the stuff that really i mean people that's what stops the scrolling you know when they see right or they see something that looks cool you're doing something you know yeah um yeah i, exactly. I hear you on the music video thing like we, we've actually basis and i hired a, a video company to do like some playthrough videos of us doing stuff and keep it as b-roll and, and maybe bring that in for things but yeah that's that's like um there's something to that where it's almost as rewarding as it is trying to put together a show and kind of run up to a show or a tour um of like actually having a properly produced video or your account and that kind of all in the same sense of like you're putting out something for your album or your your tune or whatever you know
1: right yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, exactly And one day i want to do like a full yeah a full live performance yeah capture that on video somehow we'll see absolutely
0: yeah we'll see for sure um yeah i think that's um kind of coming off of this i don't really have much else to really talk through with you um we, we got a good amount i think about 45 minutes worth of stuff um cool yeah if there's anything else like you want to talk about so we talked about kind of your upcoming plans and i'm going to edit this down too like sure. over the weekend so i'll probably kind of re re-order some of the conversation um so it's a bit more of a flow because we talked about like the band stuff and then creative process and all that's so, yeah. Um. Do you have any other things like coming up sh- you, that you want to like kind of sh- uh, promote or shout yeah. out? To? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, there's a, there's a couple. Just a couple. They'll be super quick too.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what do you got going on?
1: Uh. Yeah. One of them actually ties back to our conversation about like guided by voices and yeah albums and getting music out there. So uh, yeah. another thing that I I kind of always wanted to do anyway. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic and it was the uh, perfect excuse to do it during the pandemic is I've always wanted to record like an album in my basement. Um, Like guided by voices. I'm a huge fan of like that lo-fi sound. Like I love Paul Westerberg's solo stuff where he recorded it in his basement. I don't know why. I just like that sound. I love dead moon. Um,
0: There's a certain warmth to it, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. And
1: rawness. Yeah. 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 So I I always wanted to do that, so I finally did it um, and recorded okay. a mix of like songs I wrote, old traditional folk songs, and a couple covers with like oh. my own takes on them. Okay. Um, there's a Neil Young song on there. There's a uh, a replacement song that's like wildly different from their version. Oh, and, nice. Um, I do some murder ballads. Uh, okay. From like the 30s and 40s. Um, okay. And then some songs I wrote. So. Uh, and that's available now, only exclusively on um, Bandcamp. It's called Self Isolation, um, and it is. Uh, so I think uh, if you head over to Bandcamp, you can buy the whole thing. Okay. It's uh, yeah, I uh, I did the whole thing myself. All the instruments, vocals, mixing, everything. All all. Uh,
0: just, just the uh, the act of being able to do end to end all the production and composition yeah. and all that yeah there's something to be said for that that's uh as an experience right yeah and it was yeah.
1: fun and it was totally relaxed right and it was it was because i i wasn't paying by the hour <laughs> well right exactly and it's like if i wanted to get really get something right i could do it you could there's, there's the st- time
0: to polish it yeah
1: yeah the problem with like the having the ability to do that it's i and that's why i still haven't put some uh put it out on the streaming services yet. Is like, eh, maybe I want to make some adjustments. <laughs> exactly. Right. But we'll see. And then the only other thing we have too, is I think as of right now, our only show on the books is going to be um, at out of space in Berwyn. Oh,
0: nice. I love that venue. Yeah.
1: It's a really yeah. cool venue. Yeah, Aaron's
0: um, a cool guy and you know, yes. people all work there super chill. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's January of 2022. Okay. So I think what we're going to do is I've got a lot of new stuff yeah and i think we're going to try to work out some new tunes maybe try to get a couple people in the band uh additional and try to uh play like a whole new set
0: for that show okay so it'll be kind of a a nice um just paradigm shift of what people have people who have heard you in the past um something completely fresh
1: yeah exactly exactly and and we can kind of take the time to like i'm kind of hoping like uh getting ramped up for that gig and maybe not booking a ton in between then yeah we can get tight work on those new things and then maybe do a little bit more get some more activity out of that
0: all right man that sounds fantastic so um matt it was great talking to you tonight and um yeah um you know good luck with um what you got coming up and um People can check out, uh, we'll have links to the stuff that you mentioned up on the feature page to go along with this episode. And um, they, everybody out there, thanks for listening. Matt, take care, man. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank you so
1: much. Thanks for having me on. It's great talking to you.
0: All right. Cheers, man.
1: Cheers. Bye.
0: And uh, we'd like to wrap this up with Matt Durden and the High Watts new single, This Is Moonshine. And you can pick this up anywhere on the streaming platforms and also on Matt Durda's Bandcamp. There will be a link to this on the feature page with this episode at rockinchicago.org.